The following broadcast is a live production of i3G Media. We welcome you to another edition of Super Sports Saturday here on KOVC, KDAK, and ESPN Jamestown. Here comes Devin Hoffman. Here's Brister to go! Devin Hoffman on a great pass from Tommy Bolt. Jordan sets up, taking a deep ball shot to Williams, and he leaps up and makes the catch. Touchdown! Goes now. Here's Nelson for the steal. He's all alone. He's going for the slam! Seth Nelson, the steal and the slam! And Yackley swings and drives one to right center field. Back to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! Each Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to 12.30, our host Paul McDonald breaks down the latest in North Dakota sports. We send it live to the host of Super Sports Saturday. Here's Paul McDonald. And a pleasant good morning to you. Welcome to Riverside Park Minor Field. We are in Beulah, North Dakota. We're coming up here in about three hours. It'll be the state semifinals in Class AA football as the Valley City Highlanders get ready to take on the Beulah Miners. Good morning, everybody. Paul McDonald with you on this actually not a bad Saturday morning. Right now we've got clouds here in Beulah. Game time temp will be mid-40s when we kick off here at around 2 o'clock this afternoon as Beulah and the Valley City Highliners playing in one of two state semifinals in double-A here on this Saturday. It is uh, semifinal Saturday across the state. There were two semifinal games last night in triple-A in West Fargo and in Bismarck. We'll tell you about those coming up here in a moment. But again, nine-man, A and double-A all have their semifinals for you here. And we're going to have lots of football for you across our I3G media stations uh, right here on AM 1490 KLVC. We'll have the Highliner game coming up this afternoon. That is, again, a uh, 2 o'clock kickoff, and it will be on air about 1.45 with the pregame on ESPN Jamestown. Dakota Wesleyan and uh, the uh, University of Jamestown Jimmy's college football this afternoon on uh, ESPN Jamestown, and that'll be, I believe, a 1 o'clock kickoff as uh, the uh, Jimmy's on the road taking on Dakota Wesleyan on Q101 today, Valley City State and Waldorf University. Again, that'll be on Q101 today as uh, Valley City State going for a conference championship, taking on the Warriors of Waldorf, uh, who beat them earlier this year in Forest City, Iowa, 37-17. The rematch today at Lockin Stadium, that is a 1 o'clock kickoff, pregame at 12.30, and again, that is on Q101 and on NewsDakota.com. And we also, on Thunder Country, Lisbon, they are up taking on Langdon, Edmore, Munich, and uh, that is in the uh, state semifinals of a Class A, and also in nine-man action, Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page. They are taking on Kidder County in nine-man semifinal action, and we'll have uh, that for you as well. Uh, that'll be on the Cardinal Kitty K here this afternoon, again at 2 o'clock. We'll get about all of these semifinals and uh, tell you about the uh, brackets, and we're going to do that coming up as we'll take a quick break. We're back with Super Sports Saturday, and we'll look at those uh, playoff brackets on the way. The biggest adventures start with the biggest dreams, and you can make them come true with the 2019 Honda Pioneer 1000. It's a Sports A 999cc engine, a six-speed automatic dual-clutch transmission, and an impressive 2,000-pound towing capacity, which means you can do it all, hunting, fishing, trail riding, and more. 
Just head to Gun & Reel Sports on 1st Street West Jamestown and check out the Honda Pioneer 1000 today. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection, always wear your seatbelts and keep the side nets and doors closed. Pioneers are for drivers 16 years and older. Bremer Bank is always looking for ways to make managing your finances easier. With a dedicated staff and local decision-making, we're able to provide you with the responsiveness that you deserve. And with Bremer's online banking, bill pay, and mobile banking, you're able to bank when and where it's convenient for you. Contact Bremer Bank today to start banking with ease. Bremer Bank, member FDIC. Bremer Bank, located in the heart of Carrington. Check out the daily specials at Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, your locally owned pharmacy. Every Monday is Memory Mondays. 20% off scrapbookings and picture frames. Tuesday is buy one, get one single greeting cards. Wednesday is Whimsical Wednesday, 20% off home decor. Thursday is Toy Thursday, 20% off all toys. Friday is Fabric Friday, 20% off all crafts. Saturday, take 10% off any essential oils. Your trusted healthcare resources, Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, downtown Valley City, Health Mart, caring for you and about you. Donald back with you here. Super Sports Saturday. Again, it is a semifinals Saturday. And just a quick uh, correction, just where you can find these games again today, the Finley Sharon Hope Page Kidder County game. That is on 98.3. You can find that on 98.3 here this afternoon. And then also the game with Lisbon and Langdon Edmore Munich will be on 106.1 this afternoon. And of course, again, the Valley City Ambula. Right here on AM 1490 KOVC. And then the uh, Valley City State Walnorf game on Q101. And University of Jamestown, they are going to be taking on Dakota Wesleyan. And uh, that game coming up here at 1 o'clock this afternoon on ESPN Jamestown. And we've got uh, some interviews coming up. And don't forget, later on in the program, it is the opening of deer hunting season, of course. Everything got started here this morning. And so if you... uh, are out in the deer blinds. And I remember growing up, that was always something uh, that was kind of fun at this time of the year. You'd be sitting in the truck. I'd be, uh, when I was growing up, and be hunting with my family and with my dad sitting in the truck in our post and listening to high school football uh, Saturday afternoon, waiting for that 30 point buck to come wandering in front of us so we could uh, get that prize and uh, head on back up to the, uh, the deer camp. But, uh, if you are out deer hunting here this weekend, be safe. Have a great one. Hope you have some success. But, again, do be safe. And remember, there's two weeks worth, so you don't have to get it all done in two days. Coming up also here on the show, we're going to check in with Steve Lensmeyer. Steve is going to be at the Dakota Wesleyan taking on University of Jamestown today. And, as a matter of fact, I believe Mr. Lensmeyer joining us right now. How are you doing? I am, Paul. How are you doing? Well, you know what? It's actually a nice nice day day here in Beulah. Beulah. What's What's it like where you're at? at? Well, it's uh, in the high 30s right now, but it's going to get up to uh, about 50 by kickoff and maybe even 55 today. Perfect football football weather. Yeah, I'll handle that. That'll be just fine. Well, this is now the Jimmy's. They still have two games left. They have this one, and then I think Briarcliff next week to wrap up the season. That is correct. So two games left, and today is a battle between the two teams that are kind of searching for 
direction a little bit in the conference. Both teams at 1-8. and eight. Dakota Wesleyan looking for their first conference win today. Their only win coming uh, against presentation earlier this year. So they're looking for a W today. Jimmy's hoping to come on the road and uh, get one as well. But Jamestown hasn't historically played Dakota Wesleyan well these last couple of years. Obviously, you can go back uh, three years ago when Dylan Turner lit us up. But then the other two years, uh, it was uh, some pretty tough sledding against Dakota Wesleyan. Last year, the Tigers jumped up 21 nothing about 15 minutes into the game. So they got to make sure they don't uh, you know, let things get out of control early. But I expect a good football game today. Well, well in, the in the conversations, conversations I've had, had with Coach Bistro and, and, and the conversations, conversations you've, you've had, had with him, he, he is, is uh, Mr. Positive, positive Personified. personified. Uh, how's, how's his, uh, uh, I guess, I guess mentality, mentality as he goes in? in I kind of knew this was going to be a tough year his first year. year. What's, his, what's mentality his mentality going into these last two games? games? Well, I think he just wants to continue to see some some growth from his guys. And uh, it's funny, we were at uh, breakfast last this morning and dinner last night, and he dismissed the guys by classes, and he said sophomores, and it was like the whole team got up and, and went to the line to eat. So they're a very young team. I think he's uh, enjoying some of the strides he's seeing in some of those young guys. He and I have talked about it. They've got some guys on the defensive line that have uh, grown leaps and bounds here this year, and uh, the wide receivers continue to get better. And So I think you know there's, uh, there's some, uh, some, some signs here of some things to come, but uh, I think uh, for the most part they're just hoping to – you know, to, to finish the season strong and, and go off into the, uh, the offseason with some, you know, some power to recruit and bring in some new guys and see what uh, 2020 can bring. Just switching, Just switching gears, gears uh, to, high to high school, school courses, courses with, with all the high school games game going, going on today, today and the James Jamestown season ended in the regular, regular season, season and your talks with, with Bill, Bill Nelson. Nelson. You talk, you talk about, about youth. Uh, how about, how about that, that team, team and their, as, they as they move forward after this, this uh, first year in AAA? AAA. Well, obviously they're going to miss Tommy Falk. I mean, you don't you don't have a guy like him that you know is a, almost a three year starter and uh, does a lot of things. Uh, you know, through I think like three hundred passes this year, something like that. You know, it's you're going to lose him, but. You know they've got some they got some young guys I know that they're really excited about. We saw a few of them come out at the end of the year. Evan Prescott is going to be an absolute animal for the next two years on that uh, Jamestown defense, and they're going to get uh, some guys back from injury that uh, that missed this year as well. So I think there's uh, there's some optimism there moving forward. Obviously, it's going to be you know tough as always. You're you're playing in the WDA. You're playing Bismarck Century. You're playing Bismarck High. You're playing a, a pretty good Mandan team. Why not? I mean, uh, this is. Uh, this is going to be interesting. I think uh, we'll see what uh, what happens the rest of the way. You talked about, about the WDA. WDA. I, was I was in, in the Dickinson, Dickinson last, last night, night and, and uh, watched, watched the end of that Mandan Bismarck Century game. Mandan twenty-one answered points. points. It actually made it interesting in that fourth quarter. I know. I saw that. Uh, that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, they. Uh, I, I knew Mandan was going to make that a game. I just. I didn't quite expect twenty-seven nothing when I saw it. Um, you know the way it uh, the way it transpired right away, but uh, they they're a tough team. And uh, Elijah Klein had 700 and some yards I saw this season, and um, you know had a great three year career. And uh, he'll go on to UND, and uh, I'm sure be a lot a big part of Bubba Schweigert's offense in the next couple of years. And um, but yeah, Mandan's a, a heck of a team, and now we're going to see a Century and Cheyenne for the title, and I think that's probably kind of what people were expecting the two best teams uh, in the in the or in the uh, state going at it next Friday night. And memory serves and as I look at the polls. Yeah, they ended the regular season 1-2 uh, in AAA. Uh, so in AAA. should be a good so one, uh, the, good final one uh, the final week. game next week. And before I let and you go, uh, let you Jimmy go, Basketball, uh, Jimmy of course, basketball, uh, the college basketball, of course, basketball uh, the college season is in full swing now. 
What's the outlook uh, for Jimmy, outlook for Jimmy women's, women's, women's basketball? Well, the the men are obviously off to a pretty good start at five and one. Just Dickinson uh, on Wednesday night, and I think they're excited to get the conference season started. I mean, they they got Valley City State of course on Wednesday, and then they jump right into conference season with a trip to Crete, Nebraska, on Saturday next week uh, to play Doan. So they're going to jump right into it here in the the next couple of weeks, and. Um, I think uh, we, we've seen, obviously, talk about Mason Walters and, and what he's done here in the first six games of his collegiate career. And obviously, I think the future is pretty bright for that young man. And uh, they got some guys that can play, and they're going to be right there in the thick of it, I think, when we get to the uh, to the end of the GPAC race. And on the women's side, they they got two freshmen that they that they really like that they've pretty much just dropped into the starting lineup with uh, Macy Nielsen and Hannah DeMars. Um, I haven't had a chance to see them play yet this year, so I'm excited to uh, – to get a chance to see them Wednesday night when we come over to uh, to the bubble and take on uh, Valley City State, so it'll be uh, it'll be a good run for them. Uh, hopefully, they can. Uh, I think they'll be better than last year. I mean, they they obviously have uh, lost some players that played in some big games, uh, but I think they're going to be a little better. They they had a lot of injuries last year, some position changes that uh, you know maybe weren't. Uh, beneficial to the to the long run of the team, but I think moving forward uh, things are going to be uh, looking looking up for the orange and black on the women's side because they've got some freshmen that really really like. All right, All right. Well, well, Steve, Steve uh, let's uh, get let's folks get in, the in the particulars of the Jimmy, Jimmy football, football game against, against Coeur West, West this afternoon. Well, we've got uh, the Jimmys and the Wesleyan Tigers at one o'clock, twelve thirty. The pregame show. We'll hear from uh, Brian Mistro and. Uh, we'll jump into the uh, the kickoff at one o'clock. Two one and eight teams, and somebody's going to leave here with uh, with their second win. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's a beautiful day for football here in Mitchell. Going to be in the mid fifties, so I'm kind of excited about uh, what we have coming. All right, sounds, sounds great. great. So, Steve, so Steve, have a have good, have call, good today call today, and, and we'll, talk, we'll again. talk again. Yep, sounds good, Paul. Thank you. You bet. That is Steve, Steve Lensmeyer joining, joining us again, again from Mitchell, South, South Dakota, 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 Dakota Wesleyan, and the University of Jamestown in GPAC football. Again, that's again, a pregame at 12.30. And the kickoff and coming, up, coming up at 1 o'clock, at 1 o'clock this, afternoon this afternoon on ESPN, ESPN Jamestown. Jamestown. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get right into the high school football. It is Saturday across the state. And we'll have that coming up. You're listening to Super Sports Saturday. Count on your independently locally owned Health Mart Pharmacy to play a key role in keeping you and your pets healthy all year long. Health Mart Pharmacists are a trusted health care resource. Carrington Drug is now offering two-dose pet medications for calming, agility, joint care, skin and coat. Medications are to boost your pet's immune systems. Check out TrueDose. For all the details, stop in and talk to your Health Mart Pharmacist. Remember, Health Mart Pharmacists have a personal commitment to their community. Carrington Drug, 415 Main Street. Or call 652-2521. Health Mart, caring for you and about you. RM Stout is your premier Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and now into our fourth generation of family operation. We are incredibly proud of our area athletes and know how vital your family travel needs are to get you safely from home to the game and back again. New and used sales, service, parts, accessories, and body shop, plus our quick lane for oil changes, light duty service, and tires. Visit us at stoutcars.com, call 252-2270, or stop in at the junction of I-94 and 281 South in Jamestown. Everything you need for the season, Stouts has it. Gradberg Electric believes in quality first, taking pride in the work and standing behind every project they do. They bring together the power, technology, and experience to keep your business online. The success of Gradberg Electric depends on three major ideals, the quality of their products, the commitment to their customers, and most of all, their customer service. Call Gradberg Electric today at 845-3010 or visit them online at gradbergelectric.com. 
Bob McDonald back with you here. Super Sports Saturday. And it is, again, cloudy skies right now. We're going to be, oh, I'd say mid-40s when things kick off here. Beulah and Valley City coming up a little later on this afternoon in the Class AA semifinals. Let's take a look at the brackets and uh, the way things uh, go here. Here's what happened again last night. We were talking a little bit about it uh, here with uh, Steve Lensmeyer in AAA last night. Bismarck Century, the number one team in the state, they were winners over Mandan 27-21. And uh, that game was 27-0 uh, at one point. And then Mandan hung 27 unanswered points. Their last score came uh, with about two and a half minutes to go in the football game to gut it to 27-21, to but just couldn't get past. And uh, the uh, Century Patriots are back in the state championship game. You have the two number ones, West and East, meeting now for the state championship as West Fargo Cheyenne in the battle for uh, West Fargo won over the Packers 27 to nothing last night. So it will be Cheyenne and uh, Bismarck Century in the final game next Friday in the Dakota Bowl in AAA. Double-A football. We already talked about Beulah and Valley City here in Beulah in the semifinals getting started at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And that's the game you'll be able to hear right here on AM 1490 KOVC. Pre-game at 145 and the kickoff at 2 o'clock. The other semifinal game has the preseason number one, Bismarck St. Mary's, taking on the end of the season number one, Hillsboro Central Valley. Now, these two teams did meet during the regular season, and the Burroughs won that one, and uh, they ended the regular season as the number one team in Class AA. Perfect 9-0. St. Mary's at 5-3. They were the number three team in the uh, final poll. Now, of course, they did not play a full schedule. Their one game against Devils Lake was not made up, so they have one less game than the rest of the teams in, and, of course, Hillsborough Central Valley actually 10-0 after their playoff win, and the Saints at 6-3. and three. Well, right back here in uh, Beulah, it will be Valley City and the Beulah Miners in this double-A semifinal. And earlier this week, I had a chance to talk with head coach Scott Rorick. Back here in our pregame show, the Highliners getting ready to take on the Beulah Miners in the state class double-A uh, semifinals. We're talking with head coach Scott Rorick from the Highliners. And I, as usual, like I asked last week, Coach, uh, how's the week of practice gone in this lovely weather? Well, it's been interesting. Uh, we've tried to be, I guess, smart and intelligent, understanding that it is, you know, it is cold and trying to, you know, get what we need to get done out and, uh, we've even been inside a little bit um, on occasion just to kind of keep keep the, you know, weather concerns and the, the coldness. Because sometimes when it's cold, the, the mind goes somewhere else too, and then, then we're not really getting much done. So, But we're doing what we can get done. Well, going back to last week, Coach, I had a chance to listen to the whole game, uh, and I think it seemed like one of the pivotal moments in the game in uh, last week's victory against Hazen, in my mind, was the field goal by Austin Thornton that made it 16-14, a 35-yarder. Was there a conversation, or did you just say field goal unit, get on the field, or was there a conversation uh, leading up to that? Well, <clears throat> Coach Zinke we, and I, we communicate a lot about you know situations where it's okay, do we punch, we go for it. Um, you know, and we, uh, you know, we thought it was a thing to do. I mean, Austin was hitting the ball really good, um, before practice and, um, you know, a young man's got a lot of confidence and, you know, I can get this, I can do it. And, and, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those times where even if we don't make it, you know, we still, 
you know, keep them down there. Uh, you know, it's just hard sometimes, you know, where we're at in the field and we've never had the luxury of having field goals. It's always been go for it or punt. And, um, and certainly, you know, he's been in this position with St. Mary's before. So, uh, it's a nice luxury for us to have, uh, going down the stretch when, when points I think are going to be at a premium here. Well, two, uh, it looks like d- defensively your team, again, played a solid defensive game and came up with big plays uh, when they needed it. Uh, is it. What is it about this team? They just seem to really have that knack of coming up with the big plays. And I think in your case, it'd just be with the hard work that these guys put in that they're ready for those kinds of situations, isn't it? Well, I think so. And I think, you know, it's just like a lot of things in life. You know, when you've been there and you've had the experience before and You've put forth the effort. You know, our our big thing with them is always just to concentrate on the next play. And, you know, I give the kids a lot of credit for, you know, being able to, to, to focus on the right now, can't do anything about the things that have just happened and, and getting refocused and, and, and take the next play. And so I give them a lot of credit. Uh, you know, we've been in a lot of tight games, and uh, our kids have uh, made it through. They stuck to, uh, you know, what we're trying to do and, and it's paid off for us, and, uh, you know, it paid off for us again. Well, now with Beulah here on Saturday, again, a, a team you saw in August. Uh, both you and Beulah are probably different teams uh, than that first game of the season. Is that a correct assessment? I would say so. Um, you know, they they still are going to do what they do. Um, you know, our biggest thing is we've got to we've got to keep them behind the chains. Uh, we've got to stop them on the early downs from getting – you know, the big chunks, the, you, know, you know, if we can keep them in second longs and third and longs, that helps us a lot. And then we've got to stay away from the big plays. They've just been killing people. They nickel and dime in off some boom. They hit a 70-yard run or a 50-yard run. Um, they've, they've, and a lot of people don't always see that. They see the grinded out part of things, but then they forget, oh, here comes the little sniffer wedge sneak right up the gut, you know, for 70 yards. And uh, it's like, wow, where'd it come from? So, our our goal is to make them, you know, drive the ball a lot of plays if they have to do it. We did it last time. We thought we did a pretty decent job. We we bent a little bit, you know, and we didn't break a lot. Um, he's going to go for it on fourth down a lot, so we're going to have to be able to put, you know, four good football plays together somewhere in a drive uh, to get that ball back in our hands. And then once that ball's back in your hands, keeping that offense on the sidelines and you have those long-sustaining, uh, time-consuming drives would be a key, too, for you guys, isn't it? Well, obviously, you know, any points that we can get are, are good. And, um, you know, so we're going to have to make sure we control the ball, keep them, you know, their offense on the sidelines. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's just a frustrating offense to deal with. Anybody that uh, has to play them understands that and because it's so unconventional and you don't see that a lot. And so you have to defend things a little bit differently. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a slugfest. You know, it's, it's a, a fight in a phone booth type of mentality that we've got to, um, you know, we're going to have to step, step up for and, and uh, hopefully we can, you know, do the things that we need to do um, well enough, you know, for 48 minutes. Final question for you, Scott. It seems like this year it, you have taken care of the football fairly well, uh, and in that turnover uh, ratio is probably in your favor if you look at the final stats. Is that, too, going to be obviously a big key this Saturday against Beulah? I think so. I think it always is, and I think you're right. I think we've done a pretty good job of being um, smart with the football uh, you know, and if you look at some of the games that we've, we've struggled, um, turnovers were, 
you know, a problem for us. And uh, so hopefully we'll take care of the ball and hopefully we'll get enough guys around the ball carrier on defense to get some turnovers ourselves and, um, you know, help uh, with the momentum and, uh, you know, the shifts of uh, a high school football game. All right. Well, Coach, appreciate the time and uh, good luck here this weekend with, uh, the, with the Miners. Thank you, Paul. You bet, Coach. Coach Scott Roar joining us from the Valley City Highlanders. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more of our pregame show from Beulah. You're listening again, to Highlander that was, Football. Uh, from earlier this week KOBC. in our uh, conversation with Coach Scott Rorick and the Valley City Highlanders in Beulah, 145 pregame, 2 o'clock kickoff here on M1490 KOVC. Now we go to AA, and in one semifinal, it is Bishop Bryan taking on Velva. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff this afternoon in Velva. And the other one? Defending state champion Langdon area Edmore Munich will be taking on Lisbon, and that is a 2 o'clock kickoff. And that's game you'll be able to hear on 106.1 here this afternoon with Eric Johnson on the call. And Eric earlier this week chatted with Joe Gerding, the head coach of the Lisbon Broncos. We're a couple of minutes away from the uh, the game here. We're on the pregame show. We're talking to the head coach of the Lisbon Broncos, Joe Gerding. And we're almost to the end here with the semifinals of the uh, state playoffs here. But this easily, the matchup with yourself and Langdon area, could be a championship game. Both of your teams undefeated. What has this week been like for you? Uh, it's been a it's been a pretty busy week, um, you know, with uh, all all the game planning and everything, and then also we had uh, parent teacher conferences and all that going on this week. So you know, there's there's just a lot of excitement, and the community is excited, the boys are excited, and you know, all of us coaches are pretty jacked up to go too. How do you manage that from a player's standpoint with all the things that are going on in the community to try and keep them somewhat grounded? I mean, our, our kids did a pretty good job themselves this week, you know, kind of policing them policing themselves and. You know, one of the things that they just kept stressing and, you know, we wanted to stress the same thing as coaches as well is we just wanted to keep it the same, keep everything normal. I mean, we're, just, we're going in to play another football game. We want to keep the 1-0 and this week mentality and, you know, keep playing with the chip. And the kids just wanted to keep everything exactly the same. So both the teams are undefeated. You're 10-0, and they're 11-0. and They decided to play that ninth game in the regular season. That's kind of here nor there. Um, tell us about Langdon area Munich. What, what makes them a special team? You know, they've got a lot of athletes. There's, there's no shortage of athletes on the field for them. Um, they are a very talented passing attack, uh, with the Ron Faux brothers and the Delvo kid and, uh, the Getty kid. Um, they're all very talented out there. Um, they, they're a little bit undersized up front and we know that because we had the opportunity to play them the first game of the season, the previous two years. But um, their undersized kids are also very good athletes. They're quick, they're fast, and, you know, they're pretty tough. So one of the unique things we had to do this week was we actually put some of our skill position kids on the defensive line for, you know, on our scout team defensive line, just so our kids could get used to more of that speed and, you know, be prepared to handle that on or today. So the team itself, um, I mean, you have seen – you know, teams that have done three and four and five wide receivers uh, against your defense before, are they like anybody that you've played or because of the athletes and some of the special kids you've been talking about, and it sounds like they have an outstanding quarterback, are they completely different than most of the teams that you've seen this year? You know, I, I, I think they're a lot different. Uh, you know, like, like you mentioned, they're, they're not afraid at all to line up five wide and, you know, one of the unique things they do is they, they really spread you out. Their, their outside wide receivers are almost all the way to the sidelines, and they make you cover sideline to sideline. And, they, you know, if you want to play uh, any type of zone defense, anything like that, they really put you in a tough spot because they spread you out so far. 
Um, you know, and their, their kids are really good at the system that they run. You know, a lot of their stuff, a lot of their pass routes are uh, timing-based, and, you know, that's one of the things that we are hoping to do is disrupt their timing and, you know, kind of get some hands in the quarterback's face and maybe try to get them on the ground. You kind of have, well, you actually have two completely different offensive philosophies, and I've been asking some friends of mine, and I, I guess maybe I don't want to have you answer this. Maybe you can if you want to, but who would you take, a running team like yours that barely passes, that scores a lot of points, or would you rather have a high-flying passing attack? Uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how this dynamic ends up and who ends up walking away the winner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a unique matchup. I mean, it's, it's two totally different styles of play. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they've got a lot of athletes on the field. We're definitely going to have the size advantage. Um, me personally, obviously with the, what we do, I'm i I'm more of a run first guy. And that's kind of been something that I've, like, I grew up in a running system, even playing in my, in high school and all that. And, you know, I, I believe that if you were able to run the ball, control the clock and play good defense, you're going to give yourself a shot every single time. Have you heard much about the field conditions up there? I know that they're going to be picking up some moisture over the 24-hour period leading up to this game. Uh, have you done any, any of that advanced scouting? Um, I was well, watching their last game against Oaks. We noticed that there were a lot of kids slipping and sliding. So uh, I reached out to Oaks' head coach and just asked him about the field conditions. And he said before their game, they had gotten snow the night before, so it was pretty slippery. I mean, I know a few weeks ago when we got all that snow, Langdon was up around that 30-inch range. So the field has picked up a lot of moisture, and, you know, I, we don't expect it to be real good conditions. As far as uh, the travel itself going up there, it is a long drive. Do you get up there early to try and let the kids get the bus legs out and get their blood flowing a little bit, or do you kind of just roll in and, and do your normal preparation time? Yeah, we are going to get there a little bit earlier than we typically do. Um, we, when we made the trip up there last year, we're kind of following that game plan. We got up there probably about a half hour earlier than we normally would, and we allow the kids to get off the bus and just head out to the field and kind of throw the ball around and jog around and you know just kind of get moving before we get into our typical pregame routine. Any injuries of note? Uh, yeah, we have, uh, we're going to be missing our fullback this week. That is Eric Johnson with Joe Gerding, the head coach of the Lisbon Broncos. And, again, you can hear that game on 106.1 this afternoon. That is a 2 o'clock kickoff. Lisbon taking on Langdon area Edmore Munich in the semifinals of Class A. Now we go down to nine man with the number one team, Cavalier. They'll be taking on Linton HMB in the semifinals today up in Cavalier. And the other semifinal game has Finley Sharon Hope Page taking on the Wolves of Kidder County. And uh, that game is being played in Hope. And earlier this week, uh, Ace Arwine had a chance to talk with Jack Biesterfeld. He is the head coach of the Kidder County Wolves. Coming up today, it is the Kidder County Wolves taking on Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page semifinal matchup winner moves on to Fargo next weekend. Joining us now, head coach of the Kidder County Wolves, it is Jack Biesterfeld. Coach, how are you today? Oh, things are going really well. Always good to be talking to you guys this time of the year. Yeah, hey, that means that means one thing. That means you guys are still playing. Which, yeah, like you said, it's always a always a good thing. So you guys have gone on quite the winning streak here. Now uh, dating back into the regular season and then last week's 34-28 victory over Grant County Flasher. 
After that week two loss to Linton HMB, you know, is there something that changed for your team, or what happened? Well, I, I think you play a good team earlier in the season. Um, uh, they took us a little bit by surprise. With uh, obviously, they uh, had a quarterback change at that time. We didn't know about, um, um, but they really came out, took it to us. Uh, we kind of got hit in the mouth and didn't respond very well to it. Um, had a couple guys get you know dinged up, and then the you know backup guys or didn't do as well. Um, so we learned a few things about ourselves and as a team, and some things with coaching that we needed to work more on. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm looking back at it now as probably was a benefit for us at that time. Yeah, absolutely. So last week it was a six-point victory. It was your closest margin of of a win or defeat actually all season. You know, is it does it help your team, you know, in a closer game like that, especially this late in the season? Yeah, there we kind of had, uh, you know, the opposite happen. We had a couple guys get dinged up and they couldn't be 100%. Uh, we had some backup and reserves in or moving people around for uh, a different type of offense than what we normally do and new guys on defense. And they responded, and they responded very well. How's the how's the health of the team coming into this weekend? Any any concerns? Um, always concerns this time of the year, but it's uh, kind of day-to-day with guys. Uh, um, it's some, some things we'll just find out even today yet when we get to practice as far as how some guys are doing. But that's uh, something that's happening to any school that's still playing statewide now. Yeah, for sure. So Kidder County, they are looking for their first trip to the Dakota Bolts, the first time ever getting to the Final Four. What does that mean for you? And I know you know a lot of these guys. You coached them even when, when they were younger and whatnot. What, is, what does it just mean for you as a coach to see these guys make it this far? Um, it, it's a very cool thing. Uh, I've seen what a lot of these guys have done, you know, the last three years with weight room work, um, you know, diet, um, the the time that they have to put in in the summer when, you know, other people are at the lake or whatever, um, and they're together a lot. So uh, it's a special thing, and this hasn't happened by accident. These guys have really put in the time. Finley Sharon Hopage, the opponent this coming weekend, um, two straight games of 40 points and Last weekend's, you know, that thriller against New Rockford, a 44-42 victory. A pretty potent offense in New, uh, I should say, Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page. What kind of a game are you expecting this weekend against FSHP? Well, I guess for football fans, they're probably going to think both of us have turned the clock back about 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're a a, a triple option team, and they run a lot of wishbone, uh, eye formation with a one-wing so it's uh, quite a bit different than the the new in-style spread stuff that you're seeing most of the time now. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of expecting that kind of game to go along with it. should be a very physical, uh, hard-fought game on both sides. Coach, thanks for the time, and uh, congrats on the success you guys have had so far. And good luck today against Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, and hopefully we'll talk down the road. All right, thank you much. Appreciate it. Coach Jack Biesterfeld of the Kidder County Wolves. It's Kidder County and Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page coming up today. All right, thanks very much, Ace, and that game and can be heard on 98.3, and it'll be up in Hope as the Spartans taking on the Wolves in the nine-man semifinals, getting ready to see who will move on to the Dakota Bowl. Well, now we'll uh, just shift gears a little bit to a football team whose season ended last week. 
And uh, you just heard uh, Ace uh, allude to the Finley Sharon Hope page 44-42 win against New Rockford Cheyenne. The Rockets, who are number one team throughout most of the season into the last couple of weeks after their loss to Cavalier 22-20. And uh, then their season ended last week. And earlier this week, uh, Greg Grenz chatted with Elliot Belquist, the AD and head football coach of the Rockets. Okay, this morning we're going to be heading on up to New Rockford to chat with uh, Elliot Belquist, uh, head coach for Rocket Football and also the athletic director there at New Rockford Cheyenne. Good morning, Elliot. Hey, good morning, Greg. And uh, a little snow on the ground up there in New Rockford, too, this morning? or Yeah, perfect timing, right? Poor deer hunting. So. <laughs> yeah. Spot that 30-pointer a little easier. <laughs> right, yeah. That's right. The big uh, season opener happening this Friday, right? At what, noon, I think? Yeah, Friday at noon. Okay. The big North Dakota holiday. Right, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Elliot, uh, for joining us here. We appreciate it. And we want to kind of give a quick recap, talk about Rocket football. Great, great season for the Rockets. Uh, finished the season here at 8-2 and two and uh, just fall to a, a tough Spartans team on Saturday. Um, final score, 44-42. to 42. Uh, the Spartans come from behind to win it. Uh, give us your thoughts on this game. It was just uh, just hard fought throughout the contest, right? Yeah, I mean, this one this one feels a little different than last year to me. It just um, you know, last year I kind of felt like we let it slip away and did some things to ourselves. Um, you know, we did some things this year to ourselves too, but um, they just physically physically beat us. You know, they're lying took us over the second half and, and Irie, you know, they put, put the ball on his shoulders and he just, he beat us. So hats off to them, tip the hat to them. They did, they did, they played a great game. You know, they executed the second half to, to dang near perfection. If you take away that pick six, you know, I don't even know the, the time of possession, but they dominated that giving us only two possessions the second half. And, and, um, you know, this one, it's, it hurts like always, um, but, uh, you know, hats off to them. Yeah. And, uh, you talked, uh, Jack Irie, the running back for the Finley Sharon Hope Page Spartans. I had him down. He had 50 carries in this contest, 400 yards rushing it. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he is a workhorse back there and just hard to bring down. Yeah, it was some, um, ridiculous stat, I guess. I don't even know. I haven't even uh, watched the tape yet and statted it for myself, but, um, Whatever it was, I, I know I'm sure he was. Uh, he had to peel himself out of bed the next day. He was. Um, he was hurting. He's a hurting guy. And um, 50 carries and 400 yards is a lot. But I guess he probably does that in 20 carries a lot of games. So our kids fought fought hard, battled. Uh, he's a he's a tough kid. He's a tough runner and a great kid. Um, fun fun competitor to go against. You know he's always helping kids up and he's just a great character kid. Um, so you like to see that out of someone and see a kid like that go, move on and win. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, he ran, he ran hard. I've never seen, I've never watched a kid run that hard in a football game before. Yeah, yeah, it was something. Um, let's talk about junior quarterback, Johnny Grand for New Rockford Cheyenne. I had him down four touchdowns, uh, 287 yards. Uh, you know, I, I done both your, I did both your playoff games, uh, for New Rockford Cheyenne this year and. I think uh, Grant, he just looks super comfortable back there in the pocket, and he and he does a nice job for the Rockets. Yeah, he's a he's a true uh, pocket passer. You know, obviously he doesn't like to run that much, and we don't want him to run that much because we don't want him to get hurt. But uh, 
he's just so calm and, and composed out there. It's um, crazy to a kid that, you know, only started, this is the first year starting, um, has a presence that he does. And they, they, they threw him under pressure in that game. They brought, they brought four guys, they brought five guys and he just slide stepped and he moves himself in that pocket and made the throw. And man, how many strikes he threw on I mean, I think, I think his final stats are going to be something like he had four there, 37 touchdowns and two interceptions. And I know one of one of the intercept, two of the interceptions were just kind of third or fourth down bailouts that he just kind of got rid of and threw up. So remarkable accuracy on his part, and and um, we're looking forward. You know, of course, of course, the coach and me, it's always thinking about next year and what we got to do different and what we got to do. And looking forward to having another year with him. That's for sure. Okay, so um, let's talk about let's kind of. Talk about nine-man playoffs down to the semifinals. You got Linton HMB at Cavalier, Kidder County at Finley Sharon Hope Page. Uh, what do you think uh, coming up this Saturday? What's what's going to be happening this Saturday? You think? You know, I don't know a whole lot about Linton, other than I watched them on Beck against Kidder County, and I don't know if they're missing kids still or not. But I I think it's going to be tough for them to go up against Cavalier. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I just think Cavalier is uh on a mission right now and playing well and on home field they always play well so i, I think cavalier has the edge in that one and and i don't know what's going to happen in kidder county finley game there might be there might be about four possessions in that game with the way kidder county runs the ball you know they do a bunch of triple option stuff and they're a ball control team and so is finley so um probably going to come down to turnovers and Hopefully, uh, Irie is feeling feeling all right from the heavy workload the other the other day, and um, I'm going to give the edge to Finley, but I could see that one going both ways. Okay, sounds good. Let's talk about Rocket Volleyball now. While we're talking this morning with head coach uh, Elliot Belquist of Rocket Football and also the AD in New Rockford. Uh, the Rockets of New Rockford Cheyenne, they will host a play-in game tomorrow. They're the number five seed uh, going into the play-ins in Region 4, correct? Yeah, we we had to make up a game last night with Dunseith, and we got a 3-1 victory there, so we're the fifth seed, and Dunseith will be the 12th, so now Dunseith will travel to Narakford tomorrow to play for the play-in game. And then the winner of that one moves on to the Region 4 tournament that yep. starts Monday in Devil's Lake then, right? Yep, that's correct. So, you know, Region 3 is, is, I think, just one of three regions that still uses the district format. Um, region 4 is a super region. What are your thoughts on the, on the super region? How's that going? Is it going okay up there? I, I'd like it for, for volleyball, I guess. It makes uh, things easier for scheduling, finding, finding your teams. And, you know, you have to play your, your 11 teams and then pick up your other five games and some tournaments. So it... it it's it's nice, I think. Um, you know, basketball we don't quite need it yet with our with our seven teams in the district. So eventually, we'll probably go to that in basketball. And you know, I don't know. We'll see once I'm actually coaching and if I like it or not. But you know, it makes for some makes for some uh, longer travel. Some of these nights you're going to Dunseith on a school night, and but uh, I don't know who else we pick up to make up for those games, anyways. So you know, there's probably a horse apiece if you ask a coach about it. Okay, let's uh, give a little preview about the winter sports season for Rockets. Um, 
you know, the boys' basketball team, they're the defending Region 4 champs, and they got a lot coming back this year. They're, they're looking pretty good, right? Yeah, I think we'll be all right. You know, we got a we have a tough schedule. I know that. You know, talking with Coach Cook the other day is like looking down, looking down the list at, at teams that we play, and it's like, oh, we could if we don't play well, we could we could lose eleven, twelve games. You know, we got we picked up some nice competition this year, and and um, really beefed up our schedule for our kids coming back to make another run at it. But uh, we have a tough, tough region. We know that, and we're gonna have to. Uh, Hopefully give our kids some rest here and bounce back and get ready for some hoops here shortly. Well, does that practice starts next month already, right? <laughs> yeah, December 2nd. I haven't, I haven't looked that far ahead yet. <laughs> trying to take it day by day right now, but um, now it'll come. You know, what usually happens, we, we take a week off here and everyone gets bored and pretty soon I'll start, start getting texts and calls. Let's get into the gym. Let's start doing open gym, so. You know, everyone just got to shake it off here for a sort of week and and just relax and rest up, and then we'll get back out of here. Everyone will be fired up to get going here soon. Now the girls' basketball team, they got some returners too for this season, right? Yeah, I think we'll be better. I think, um, you know, we lacked we lacked some height last year with Kiana Hopfoff being hurt. Um, but uh, we brought back... Uh, most of a majority of our starters and majority of our minutes we lost a couple of key seniors but uh um no we bring back a lot of a lot of minutes a lot of points per game um you know hopefully kiana will help us in the in the middle with her height and her jumping ability so yeah i, I think they're i think they're gonna be better i think they'll they'll be a little more competitive this year so it'll be fun okay sounds good we'll let you go coach and congrats on a great season for rocket football and good luck uh here coming up this uh, winter season all right. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, you bet. That is Greg Grenz with Elliot Belquist, the uh, head football coach and athletic director at New Rockford Cheyenne. Again, losing last week's 44-42, their final in the loss to Finley Sharon Hope Page. And before we uh, get into our final segment, our our outdoors segment with Nick Simonson. We'll talk volleyball. Of course, the volleyball season now in the regional play and a couple of playing games here on Thursday night in the East Region. West Fargo, they were straight sets winners over Wapaton. Grand Forks Central, number 10 seed over number 7 seed Fargo North, 3-1. And 9 seed Doubles Lake over number 8 seed Fargo South, 3-2. So here's the quarterfinals at the higher seeds. Davies will host Doubles Lake. Valley City they will host Grand Forks Red River on Tuesday night. That's a 7 o'clock first serve from the hack. We'll have that game for you on AM 1490 KOVC. Number two seed West Fargo Cheyenne will host number 10 Grand Forks Central. And number three seed Fargo Shanley, they will be hosting number six seed West Fargo. And out west after their playing matches on Tuesday, it was a Bismarck Legacy winning over Turtle Mountain Community High School. Dickinson winning over Williston, and Minot winners over Watford City. Number one seed Bismarck Century will take on eight-seeded Minot. Number four Mandan will take on number five Bismarck St. Mary's. Number two Jamestown will host number or take on number seven Dickinson. And number three Bismarck High against Bismarck Legacy, the number six seed of the West Region Tournament. That is at Jamestown High School, Jeremiah Arena, and uh, that'll be starting on Thursday afternoon, the 14th of September or pardon me 14th of November so that's a look at the volleyball for the class A and taking a look at what's going on in class B the regionals in region one volleyball 
Taking a look at the uh, brackets in Region 1, that's going to be down in Linton, and that'll start here on Monday. Lisbon will take on, uh, or in Region 1, Lisbon will, they were winner losing to Enderlin in the play-in round. This is the Region 1 tournament. Number 1, Oak Grove, and number 9, Enderlin. Number 4, Hankinson will take on number 5, Kindred. Number 2, Richland against number 10, Weimar Lidgewood. And number 3, Northern Cass against Central Cass. That's in the Region 1 tournament and in Region 3. That is the region that I am looking for. Region 3 is going to be again in Linton starting on Monday. Oaks will take on Sprossburg Zeeland. Medina Pingry Buchanan against Lamore Literal Marion. Linton HMB against Midcota and Carrington against Napoleon. And we'll have more on the region volleyball tournaments next week on Super Sports Saturday. Time now for our final segment of Super Sports Saturday. Of course, it is the deer opener this weekend. And our outdoor correspondent, Nick Simonson, talking a little bit more about the deer season on this week's edition of Our Outdoors. Welcome one and all to the Our Outdoors segment of the Super Sports Saturday show. I'm your host Nick Simonson. Hopefully you're listening to this uh, taking a lunch break or maybe observing some sweet draw or other piece of habitat for those deer as our deer season kicked off yesterday at noon. A lot of exciting hunting action going on and some pretty nice weather this weekend too. So here's hoping that you're out there continuing old traditions, maybe starting some new ones, getting new hunters involved and taking advantage of this great season. Obviously we have 10,000 more rifle tags out there this year than last year so that is increasing opportunities. There were even some excess tags and some further drawings later down the road by the Game and Fish to fill out some of those tags in southern and southwestern North Dakota. So there's a lot of activity out there and a lot of excitement. We are primed up in the middle of the rut. Hopefully you're seeing those deer cruising around, you know, whether you're sitting still in a stand or you're on a hillside somewhere, or maybe you're making one of those more traditional deer drives uh, from years past. There's a lot of great ways to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there and to continue the great deer hunting tradition here in North Dakota. We talk more about the status of our deer herd and where we are at going into the season, uh, the signs that the rut is kicking up, and Jason Smith with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department in his role as big game biologist will give us some insight into the current status and will address some of the concerns relating to the weather, conditions, and obviously developing issues with CWD out there on the landscape as we look at the beginning of this brand new deer season. That's coming up right after the break. Hey listeners, this is Casey Glant with Go Promo, the region's number one promotional vendor for your school. If your school, team, or fans need custom apparel with embroidery and screen printing services and you need them on time, just Go Promo. Need an easy way for everyone to place their order? Just Go Promo. Go Promo creates custom online stores just for your school or team and kicks back 10% of sales to you as a fundraiser. Visit justgopromo.com or call 877-99-PROMO to learn more. Go Promo. Consider it branded. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're psyched to have Jason Smith with us. He is the big game biologist for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department out of the Jamestown office talking about this recently opened deer season. Jason, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, you bet, Nick. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us. From your seat in the biology chair as one who understands big game and how they move and and how things are looking for this season, how are you seeing things in terms of the herd and maybe what can hunters expect going into this season? All right. Well, I guess one of the things I would say right off the bat, if you're uh, one of those lucky individuals who actually drew a rifle tag, then you're probably off to a pretty good start 
<laughs> I guess I can't <laughs> consider myself uh, part of that group. I'm going to have to sit uh, this one out this year for the first time in a long time, but that's the way it goes. But from my perspective and, and what I have observed since last year is the outlook for the deer season should be good. Probably goes without saying that there are a few factors that could impact that as far as the biologists go for the department. Uh, we use a variety of population indices to to monitor trends and, and based on the information that we have uh, and that we've collected, it appears that there are currently good deer numbers on the landscape. Of course, along with that, um, if you've spent any time outdoors lately, you're probably going to be aware of the challenges that we are currently have with the weather, especially wet conditions, and, and along with that, the progress of the harvest of the crop. Certainly, the, the crops are a big deal, and we're way behind that, uh, the trend there. What are we seeing in terms of deer activity, maybe in relation to where they hide or where they forage with those crops? And then where are we at in terms of rut, you know, the peak breeding portion of the season where, where those bucks are starting to chase the does? I guess if you're any kind of serious deer hunter, uh, you probably know that the rut occurs during our our deer rifle season in North Dakota. And if you've been lucky enough to hunt during that time frame, how special that time of year is. Um, of course, there's always a lot of debate, you know, in deer camp and, and around the table on the timing of the rut and the variation in different areas of the state and when it peaks. But, you know, just to go back to what the rut actually is, you know, biologically speaking, it's, it's the breeding season for deer and it's triggered by photo period or the amount of daylight during a 24-hour period. As far as North Dakota goes, it's important to note you know, there's a lead in and a taper off of the, of the rut, but, you know, the peak generally falls around November 15th. As far as, uh, you know, deer behavior and what I've been hearing as far as reports, getting reports of decent deer activity recently, you know, myself being out and about, seeing deer cruising, bucks out moving around, you know, that's probably somewhat related to our cold temperatures that we're currently experiencing. But a lot of reports of bucks cruising, working scrape, fighting. Uh, we've had a few reports of deer that have been found uh, locked up. You know, and why that's important, I guess, uh, for hunters and how that would help them is, you know, that rut activity is is great because deer are moving around more during the daylight hours and it makes them more visible and more prone to harvest. Sure thing. And it's definitely an exciting time when we we see that activity and, and maybe some of the activity is tougher to see right now. And you had mentioned those conditions. Uh, what concerns from the hunting perspective uh, do you have in terms of those wet conditions, uh, you know, whether it was heavy snow in October or just all the rain that kind of came August, September, making those bottomlands wet? What concerns do you have as maybe a game and fish employee and also as, you know, just a general hunter? Definitely. I guess I would I would say that most people are probably aware, you know, of the conditions that are out there right now in the landscape. You know, as you reference the amount of moisture that we've received this fall, probably even to a little bit unprecedented. It's just crazy how, how wet it is out there. But as far as, you know, a department employee or a hunter myself, I guess, uh, you know, I just want to remind people to expect challenges and that there will be challenges. Be- and because of this travel, obviously, will probably be affected. You know, the cold temperature should help that out some. But you know, it's like to stress that hunters that are out there, be respectful of the land and the landowners. You know, our farmers and ranchers that are out there right now are extremely busy uh, this time of year, uh, especially with all the delays caused by the weather. So if you're out and about, you're hunting, you, you just be aware of your impacts on the landscape. You know, don't travel in areas that look bad. Basically use common sense. You know, you probably your best bet uh, would be to get out of your vehicle and spend some time with your boots on the ground, you know, searching some areas that you obviously probably wouldn't see otherwise. And 
you know, and, and as it goes back to the to the crops, there are a lot of standing crops, you know, out there on the landscape. But if you, you've lived in North Dakota very long, and if you've spent a few seasons deer hunting, you know that you should be probably used to that in North Dakota. We generally have to deal with that in some shape or form, depending on the timing of the harvest and weather conditions. But, you know, again, there, there may be more standing crops than some are used to. So along with that, it's important to note that you can't hunt in unharvested crops unless you have permission from the landowner. So... Hopefully hunters have planned ahead and have access lined up if they don't have their own property to hunt on. That's a good point. We're talking with Jason Smith. He's the big game biologist out of the Jamestown office for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. CWD, chronic wasting disease, has been in the news recently, and particularly for some new finds up in northwestern North Dakota. Can you give a quick overview of what that disease is and how it affects deer individually and then maybe as a herd as well? You know, for the most part, Hunters by now probably know what CWD is, or they've probably heard of it somewhere. Uh, but just as a quick overview, uh, CWD, or chronic wasting disease, is a transmissible neurological disease that is specific to cervids. And, and what that is, it's in North Dakota, it would be whitetails, mule deer, moose, or elk. And the disease is caused by a prion, uh, which is a misfolded protein that can cause small lesions in the brains of infected animals. And you know, there's a lot of information and resources out there regarding this disease, and I would recommend if hunters would like to learn more to seek out that information, and a real good place to start would be our North Dakota Game and Fish webpage. Um, there's actually a whole section dedicated to CWD on our website. It's an excellent starting point, and I know a good way to get kind of an idea as to what an infected deer looks like and then how to test. Uh, this year, the eastern portion of the state is the sampling area for CWD. Uh, talk about that process and how hunters can help uh, monitor this disease. Well, since last fall, you had kind of talked about, you know, new finds in northwest North Dakota and or in our positive units that we have. But, you know, we have had a few more animals documented, um, tested positive with CWD. And, you know, with these additional positives, uh, the department wants to be diligent in looking at our regulations and continuing and increasing monitoring for those units. But, you know, as far as southeast North Dakota goes, um, CWD has not been found in, in the eastern third of the state. Um, and our surveillance goal in this area is to confidently say that it is not present in the area. To do that, we need to continue to test a lot of deer to reach that conclusion. So it's important for hunters to consider dropping off their deer heads at collection sites to have them tested. That's right. And this year, there are a number of collection sites throughout the state. I, I believe it's like three or four dozen. Is that correct? Yeah, there's quite a few. So, you know, as far as our CWD surveillance goes in the state, you know, we break it down into thirds. So we sample those units on a three-year rotation. And I think you'd indicated that, you know, eastern North Dakota is the third that we're working on this year. So those units uh, would be all those located east of Highway 281 or any of, any of the units where that highway runs through it. You bet. Uh, the big picture and the long term certainly at the forefront of that research. Jason, so thank you so much for your time today. Uh, best of luck next year drawing a tag. And, hey, we appreciate <laughs> all of the work that you do for us uh, out on the biology front. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Nick. Jason had a really good point in there as we wrap up the show. You know, get out there, get those boots on the ground, explore some of those areas that might require some hiking in or some walking in, and take advantage of the opportunities that are available. Almost 800,000 acres of plots, a lot of public land to explore, and a lot of great landowners to connect with as well. Just get out there, uh, shake the dust off the boots, and have a great time this season. And I'm sure I'll see you in our outdoors. 
Thanks very much, Nick. That is Nick Simonson, our outdoor correspondent. And that is going to wrap up this edition of Super Sports Saturday. Again, coming up on AM 1490 KOVC, we have got Valley City Highlander football, 145 pregame, 2 o'clock kickoff on ESPN Jamestown. That's going to be University of Jamestown taking on Dakota Wesleyan. That game is a 12:30 pregame, 1 o'clock kickoff. Q101 today, Valley City State. They will be taking on Waldorf University, 12.30 pregame and 1 o'clock kickoff. Also, Lisbon and Langdon, that's on 106.1. And Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page taking on Kidder County on 98.3. That's going to wrap up this edition of Super Sports Saturday. Have yourself a great one. We'll talk to you again next Saturday on Super Sports Saturday.